Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an early and... Not the correct day call for Heavy F and the Poli Sci Guys. We are coming to you from a down, but not out, a burnt, but not destroyed, a slowly getting back to normal, but not quite there yet, section of the Cherokee National Forest in Greenville, Tennessee, 25 miles outside of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And I would like to thank everybody for tuning in. We have with us as our roundtable today, we've got Ashley the Ashbow, we have Mark the Mason Jar, and we have Tammy the Smart One, and I do think that Pat, the Tin Hat Society President, is also on here. I sure so am. These are going to be our roundtable <laughs> panelists today, and before we get started, we have to tell it is 551 on the East Coast. 251 on the left coast, and we welcome all of you. This program is sponsored in part by the Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. In the upper right-hand corner, type in Heavy F and Poly Sci for a discount where I get money, you make, you get the paper, you save money, it's a win-win. And it's brought to you by Chick-fil-A, where they did not invent the chicken, just a chicken sandwich. Have a number one, large size with a cherry Coke today. Now. That leads me into my segue. Chick-fil-A in Sevierville was open for business today, and Chick-fil-A provided 1,200 chicken sandwiches and 1,200 waffle fries, along with, I think they estimated, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 chicken nuggets today to people out there working free of charge. No, uh, no questions asked, even to families. So... And they're not the only ones, but they're the only ones that sponsor my program, and so therefore they get the kick. All right. We're going to start with who's up and who's down, okay? And I'm going to go to each one of you. We're going to go with who's up, okay? This can be a community. This can be a town. This can be a person. This can be an organization. Tell us who's up and why they're up. And let us start with Mark. Who's up? Donald J. Trump, because before he became the president of the United States or the elected president of the United States, he made a promise that Carrier wasn't going to go anywhere, that he was going to fight for the, for the little man that worked for Carrier. And today in a press conference, Mike Pence and the elected president, Donald J. Trump, were President-elect. That's what I meant. <laughs> At Carrier, because Carrier decided they're not going to Mexico. Something that the administration that currently sits in the White House couldn't do for some reason. So he's up. 
As a matter of fact, the White House actually said that Donald Trump was lying and crazy for thinking that he could save those jobs, by the way. And I think Tammy's the one that posted that. I saw that just a little while ago. All right, speaking of the great and luscious Tammy, who's up? How about who's down? No, we're not going to who's down yet. Oh, my gosh. No, I can't think of who's up. Um, well, they just announced that Mad Dog was going to be the Secretary of Defense. So <laughs> what What an awesome pick. I'm not happy with the Secretary of Education, but he is going to uh, kick butt, not worry about take names, and let God sort it out. I'm inclined to agree with that. All right. Tin Foil Hat Society President, who's up? Oh, well, Mattis is the one I was going to say, so I mean, now I've got to think of something else. Oh, God. <laughs> Leave it up um, to Tammy to steal the easy one, huh? Yeah, I know. She took the easy one. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I had heard something on the radio today, and this may be a possibility. I have not found it anywhere else but that Joe Lieberman might be considered for Secretary of State. I've heard he, that. And, oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one because everybody looks at me like I'm wearing my chin hat. Uh, but I think he would make a good one. He's an independent now, but he works with both sides of the aisle, and he does a lot of foreign diplomacy very well. So I think that would be a good choice. It would. I don't think, I don't it'd think be the... he would. Yeah, I don't think he would be bad. And I did see where finally they're talking about John Bolton. Well, John is... John's getting a lot of support internally. I think he would be fantastic because he's along the lines of uh, Mad Dog. He's kind of a no uh, BS kind of man. Tricia, who's up? I think she's up. Oh, she is. Yeah, I'm here. Um, I got an email something about uh, Pence was meeting with uh, Condoleezza Rice. So I don't know what's going on there, but um, I just read that about 10 minutes ago. Well, I can tell you what they want her to do. They want her to be Secretary of the VA. I thought that was uh, Sarah Palin. Well... That's in the rumor mill, but they want Condi. Condi's the top. Now, I, I know there's people on this call that don't care much for Condi. I love Condi. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's no non- he's putting together a no-nonsense team, and what strikes me more importantly, they are not a yes-man team. Not anybody. She's tough. She'll get things done. Oh, I love Condi to death, especially since I saw her deck that lieutenant. <laughs> so, uh, I think she would do. I think she would be better for the VA than Sarah Palin because I thought Sarah Palin was going to the interior. That's probably where she's going to end up going. All right, I'm going to tell you who I think is up: the Tennessee firefighters. Yes. Now, yes, I'm a little. Biased <laughs> in that opinion, 
But I'm going to tell you something. When character is king, these guys get up and they go do their job. They run into things that everybody else runs out of. And I wasn't here for the primary part of it. And, yes, I've heard all kinds of ribbing about that. But I did see some some boys become men and some men become seasoned. And um, special thanks goes out to Goodlitzville, Nashville, Lebanon, and some of the other departments that sent up cupcakes uh, that could uh, work those lower lines. Because the truth is, without them working those lower lines, and when I say cupcakes, it's not an insult. Inside of fire fire uh, systems, cupcakes are those that can't go into the forest. And gotta go. See you later. See ya. Most of those guys aren't trained to go into those forests, so uh, they're not going to send them in there because you can lose your life so fast in a, in a forest fire. It's not funny. Uh, but without them, without those guys, I will tell you that a lot more of Gatlinburg, a lot more of Pigeon Forge would have burned had it not been for those guys that were manning those back lines and basically kept the fire at bay. So Tennessee firefighters, way up in my book. So, all right, let's go to who's down. And I know that Tammy wanted to do who's down first. So, Tammy, who's down? Who's down are Rutherford County's elected, recently elected state representative, Michael Sparks, Dawn White, Tim Rudd, and Dr. Brian Terry. They were all invited to a joint education summit between Rutherford County and city schools. We did it last year, and it was a great event. Uh, There were people there in the audience, but we really didn't get to participate, but we did get to listen. And, of course, you know, you can see them coming in or going out. They were all sent formal invitations on November the 8th. And several had said, oh, yeah, we're going to be there and this, that, and the other. Well, it seems like they've all gotten the same memo between the uh, few of them, and they've decided that they're not coming to the event. And this event also the uh, city council and the commissioners were invited. So this is kind of an all-hands-on-deck, and oddly enough, Senator Keatron and Senator Tracy have said that they will be in attendance. We'll see how long that holds. Okay. Pat, who's well, down? Senator- um, well, right now, considering all this recount business, I would say Hillary's popularity has hit an all-time low. I think I can agree with that. That's a good assessment. She should have just kept her mouth shut. Should have been, should have got the high road. And as a matter of fact, she may have found herself pretty cush had she not done the recount. I can tell you now that it's almost a 100% certainty that Trump will very quietly order the new Justice Department to very closely look at everything going on. I will tell you. I don't think there's a jury in the country that will convict her unless you come to the South, and they're not going to let a jury be handled in the South. They'll handle that jury in New York, or in, excuse me, they'll handle that jury either in New York or Washington, D.C., 
and since it happened at the State Department, most likely the District of Columbia, and good luck finding 12 Democrats or 12 Republicans. So uh, the only thing you would have going for her to get convicted would be people's disdain for politics, politicians. Okay, Mark, who's down? Dr. Jill Stein. <laughs> Why? Because we're going with the theme of the recount uh, because of We need to realize that the three states in question, if Jill Stein was not on the ballot, Hillary Clinton would have won those states. If we look at the number of votes, the number of votes that she took from Hillary, now she's wanting a recount because of some weird tenfold hat. I know, don't be insulting Pat's group. I'm just going to tell him, be careful. A tenfold hat computer programmer who claimed that maybe the Russians hacked into the systems of those three states, even though those computers, I'm sorry, those voting machines were not hooked up to the system. What Jill Stein is doing is trying to make a name for herself for her next presidential run, because she did run in 2012 also. And I'm pretty sure she's going to run in 2020. And the Green Party, which is, just as the name implies, very green, doesn't have the money to compete with the big boys. So Jill Stein is figuring that she can get money from those disenfranchised Democrat voters who wanted Hillary to win. She's down right now because it's not going her way. And it will not go her way. It will never go her way. Trump will win the three states in question. And on January 20th, Trump will take the oath of office. Well, I don't think anybody, including Dr. Stein, believes that the outcome of the election is going to change. They're just trying to undermine the election. Okay. My who's down. And there's so many to choose from this week. (laughs) But I've got three who's down. Okay, and two of them I'm just going to glance over because I can do an entire hour on why they're down. But who's down, number one, the Red Cross. Those of you that know me, you all are holding your breath hoping I don't go on a (laughs) nice post that I don't go on a diatribe. So I'm not going to. Second one that's down. And this one is is a little more important. Democrats as a whole on Twitter and Facebook. Because to insinuate that the fires that happened in Gatlinburg and the fires that have been burning in Tennessee for weeks was somehow the result of people voting for Donald J. Trump is beyond me. Okay? And more importantly, to those that would suggest that, let me say this. Number one, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Because when East Tennessee, which is a predominantly poor area, by the way, when something happens to one of our neighbors, we all rally. And we will show up with shovels 
and we will show up with rakes and pitchforks and whatever we need to get the job done. We don't bitch. We go to work. We don't whine. We clean up. We don't bemoan our circumstances. We rebuild. When your neighbor's barn gets burned down, you have a barn raising and build a new one. And that's what you're going to see in Gatlinburg. So for all of you all out there that think because we voted for Trump that that's why it happened, maybe it did. Maybe it did. But they don't call us the volunteer state for nothing. And I will tell you this. It is our spirit in this state, the volunteer spirit, and even if you don't bleed orange, go Vols, still volunteers, and we are what will make America great again. Who's down? My third one. And this one is kind of a, an up would be Fox News, a down would be President Barack Obama. Because President Obama has said the reason Donald Trump won the election was because of Fox News. Well, I love the fact that they want to give Fox News a lot of credit. Okay? And it is the number one watch news network in the country. And you could combine the viewer from all the other cable news networks and still not reach the viewership of Fox. But what does that say about our country? And, Mr. President, it's time to stop blaming people. Go in the mirror... Go look in the mirror in the office off to the right of the Oval Office and take a look at the face staring back at you. And that, sir, is what lost, lost this election. All right, moving on to our next topic. I'm going oh, to start- interject something. I want to interject something. Clara Barton would be turning over in her grave if she knew the organization she founded would be so corrupted. Yeah, but we're going to stay off of that topic. Because I will get going, and y'all really don't want me to get going. Well, I'll be there with you. I see a fire truck. So, are we the next... shooting in my neighborhood? <laughs> okay, we're going to bring up the next topic here. And this one's kind of twofold, guys. Number one, back in the campaign, uh, President-elect Trump and Governor Pence And for those of you all that keep calling him VP-elect, it is incorrect. He is the governor of the state of Indiana. He is governor, period. Anyway, back on the campaign trail, President-elect Trump said that when uh, he was elected, businesses would be negotiating to stay in the country, and they'd be knocking down his door to try and get a deal. So far, he's worked out an arrangement with Ford. So far, he's worked out an arrangement with Carrier Group. So far. Well, I I say that's more Pence because Pence is governor. Donald Trump doesn't have any power at this point to give anything to anybody. That's true. He doesn't. But Ford came to him. And Pence even said today that they they came to the new administration uh, the parent company to Nabisco has reached out to bring to reopen the plant in Chicago. So my question is, if they're in a hurry now, during the transition, where Tammy is correct, the president-elect has no authority, are we going to see mass business shifts, and will we see NAFTA shift? Canada has already said they would like to renegotiate Mexico has given indications that they'll renegotiate. Are we going to see a shift 
um, in free trade between at least our continent, unless we won't even go into others, that makes the plan feel a little more conducive to the United States. And I'll start with Queen Tinfoil. Oh, goodness. Um, I think so. I think once these major companies like Ford and Carrier and whatnot, it will start opening up things for the other ones to try a possibility of renegotiating all their things that are going on. And as far as NAFTA, I wish something would be done about that. Well, I think it's unrealistic to think we can get rid of NAFTA. But I do think that there can be something done to make the the plan feel a little more level. The Mm -hmm. issue is that Mexico's currency is devalued so much. And the top two currencies in the world is the U.S. dollar and the Chinese yen. And even the yen is in a free fall. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's awfully hard when the cost of living in those other countries have recessed. But China understands the conundrum because... China has already signaled that they want to renegotiate certain trade deals that we have with them, which means that a lot of people think that Trump's just going to turn off the faucet and force a lot of these companies back within the borders of the United States. And imagine what a lot of that would do to Chinese products coming into Walmart, for example. Mm -hmm. Just to put it in perspective for you guys, if Walmart was a company... It would be the eighth largest employer, or excuse me, the eighth largest importer of Chinese goods. Well, my aunt works for Delfield in Covington, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And you may not be aware of their product, who they are, but their product is, is in every Starbucks facility. They yeah. make the refrigeration for them. Yeah. And they have uh, a plant in Mexico, somewhere in Mexico. Wherever it is, they have to have security with them 24-7. So I'm going to call her tonight and see uh, see if she's hearing anything. Well, my father works for a company called American Greetings. Okay? Now, the division he's in is actually called Plusmark. And to kind of tell you all what he does, when you go buy Christmas paper, if it is not from Hallmark and labeled Hallmark, then it is made by American Greetings. Those are the two Christmas paper companies in the country. Okay? So I suggest everybody go to Walgreens and Walmart, buy your paper, and don't buy Hallmark because Dad needs a job. But I, I need some clear gift bags. Uh, clear gift bags. No. But listen, I pay so much for my Christmas paper. I get the great big thick paper on 250-foot rolls for a quarter. I'm just saying. Uh while the rest of y'all are paying seven, eight, nine dollars. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and it's about a foot on there. <laughs> <clears throat> well, my dad runs the press that actually paints the paper. He's a printing press. No. He well, yes, kinda sorta. But he inks the paper. And those designs he has to be within like one six hundredth of a millimeter on those designs. It is absolutely crazy. But that's what he does. And American Greetings has been toying with moving some of their operations off of the coast, outside of the United States. And when Trump was elected, they immediately scrapped their plans to move. 
and for those of you that are from the Franklin area that saw the American Greetings plant or the Plusmark plant is what it was called, Plusmark, closed down there, there's actually talk about reopening that plant. They are in the process of moving presses. Uh, and some of these presses, Tammy, I did not know that some of these presses cost near a billion dollars. Some of these presses are crazy what they've paid for these presses. Um, the one that my dad works on cost $542 million. But so the immediate impact of the jobs market is going to see a boost. The problem is that Obama's going to get credit for it. Um, I hope it. I hope the line well, holds with it. I think a lot of that reverse happened when George Bush was leaving, and they knew that Obama was coming in. I think that's what started the recession because people were already saying, "We don't know what he's going to do. He's going to raise taxes, and we're going to hold on to our money." And that's exactly what people did. Well, people do. did do that. Companies did that too. They shifted money offshore. Oh, which, Lord, yes. When you hear Trump talking about that, you know a lot of these companies they've got trillions in assets sitting offshore. And the whole corporate tax, and I keep hearing a lot of people talk about, well, I can't believe he's going to lower corporate taxes. Look, you lower corporate taxes, and you're going to see a boost of money come into this country. And what's going to happen? It's a cyclical process. So I think people just need to be patient. Let them lower the corporate tax rate. Here's the deal. Corporate jobs, I mean, big corporations pay for the majority of the jobs in this country. And if they've got money to burn and they've got money to invest and to improve and to innovate and create, that creates new lines. Look at Johnson & Johnson. So I think people need to sit tight. As a small business owner, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't wait. I can absolutely not wait. Okay, moving on to the next topic. Several designers have said they will not dress Melania Trump. One in particular says that no first lady should be wearing his dresses because his dresses at a minimum are $3,500 a pop. But he failed to mention that he has dressed the first, the current first lady, Michelle Obama. Or as Rush Limbaugh says, Muchel Obama. Muchel. Do you think it's just politics? Or do you think he's truly trying to stand by principle and say, no first lady should be wearing a dress at $3,500 and say that they're part of, you know, the rest of the crust. And I'll throw that one Oh, wait a minute. No, he's a man. He doesn't need to talk about that. Let me jump right on in here. First of all, they need to be talking about what the, the president or something should or shouldn't do when their asses spent $44 million on vacations. And I know for a fact Michelle has worn dresses that were upwards than $10,000. And most of the time, those designers get uh, recognition from dressing them when nobody would ever, nobody else would wear their crappy stuff. And for that fact, Melania could wear a damn tater sack and look better than that damn gorilla that we got now. <laughs> um, Tammy, I'm just curious. Next time we ask you a question, please don't hold back, okay? We we want your true opinion next time. I promise you I won't. All right. Well, Pat, we hear that you dress in $3,500 dresses. Uh, what do yeah. you think? 
Um, basically, I agree with what Tammy had just said. That was what what my statement was going to be, that um, if his designs are any indication of what Michelle Obama wore, I don't think Melania Trump needs to wear them, first of all, because they were hideous. And second of all, I think she's got more class and would probably look fine in anything she wore, but not this guy. And, not, and back to your original question, is it politics or is he standing on his principle? It's politics because and the proof is obvious. I mean, he's, how much did he charge for the dresses he made? They weren't $3,500. They were much more than that. Who was the designer that said that? Oh, I don't know his name. Me neither, and I don't care to know. Well, we need to take into account. We need to take into account the number, the the dollar amount per yard of fabric. Now you realize that Michelle's ass is about a yard wide. Melania's ass is about a foot wide. So the designer will be losing money on the cost of fabric. <laughs> At least by twofold. This whole concept of we're not going to dress the first lady because she doesn't deserve to wear such expensive items is just asinine. Everyone knows that those designers who the first lady picks to wear at events is going to make a name for themselves. Look at Bob Mackey. Bob Mackey has designed dresses for first ladies for probably the last 20 years. And every time a first lady wears one of his dresses, he gets a boost in sales. Now, I know recently that Tommy Hilfiger has said that she has, he has no problem dressing Melania Trump because she is a very beautiful woman, she is very shapely, and she is a former model. Now, if Tommy Hilfiger were to dress Melania Trump in the inaugural balls after... January 20th, then Tommy Hilfiger's stock will go up because of the fact that the First Lady is wearing his garments. It's just stupidity on the part of any designer that they're going to condemn a First Lady based upon their husband's ideology. And they need to get over this election because this election is over. Do your job. Dress a woman. And that's it. Okay, well, <laughs> me and Stacy Canfield's gonna have to have a fight here in a minute. He's trying to defend the Red Cross, so I'm gonna have to set him straight on a couple of things. 
anyway. All right. Next. By the way, I, I have. Uh, I'm just going to tell you all. I have been lobbying for Victoria's Secret to resume their contract with Melania, and feel free to dress her for any functions that she needs to attend. Really? Y'all didn't like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, there's enough of her on the Internet you can look at if you want to see her in Victoria's Secretions. Yeah, Wait, but, she needs but, to go on the, the Capitol steps in a set of wings and nothing more than a dominant-crusted bra and panty set and say, this is my husband. He's taking the oath of office. Okay. I think I missed that one. Uh, Mark, that's already been done, except with the presidential candidate's wife, the Democrats that brought all that stuff. It's already been done. As a matter of fact, I think Monday night they're going to have another fashion show, or their yearly fashion show. So you don't have to wait until January 20th for that to happen. Yeah, that little fashion show is a bunch of sticks with two little bulkier branches. Yeah, this, yeah, I don't care much for those fashion shows either. No, that's just horrible. Well, I think Miley Cyrus is going to be on there. Y'all at least have to tune in for her rancher. No, Miley really. Cyrus, that's a twig that fell off the tree a long time ago. <laughs> you know, Fredericks of Hollywood works. Yeah. I'm just they saying... For those of you that weren't happy, for those of you that were not happy, somebody put in the chat, Fredericks Hollywood. I I agree with that. I can can agree with that. More of my fair share there. I'd rather my woman walk into Walmart and buy the (laughs) oversized garments that they use instead of going into Victoria's Secret and buying that little bitty skinny crap that when you take them off, you're like, where's the beef? Mark? Where's the beef? Now, Mark is being very practical, like he was talking about the yardage required for Michelle and Melania's fabrics. He's getting much more for his money at Walmart than he would at Victoria's <laughs> Secret. <laughs> that well, is that absolutely case, right. Listen, I can tell you how to save just as much money, get some pasties, and that's all we need. Just saying. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm actually protesting against the culture that in order for you to be beautiful, you need to be skinny. Yeah, and bump, and, well, and listen, we know you're with Tammy, so we understand. <laughs> he better like voluptuous. <laughs> listen, the problem was he, he called me the first time him and Tammy went to a buffet, and oh, Tammy got thrown baby. out of the buffet. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, y'all are ruining my show. Y'all hush. 
This program is brought to you by Chick-fil-A, where they did not invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. And Tammy's allowed to eat there because it's paper serving. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, she likes a number one large size with a cherry Coke. And I've recently discovered their grilled chicken nuggets, and I really like oh, them. Those grilled chicken nuggets are the bomb. I had some of those the first time the other day. Those are great. Anyway, good. anything at Chick-fil-A is good. Now, moving on to our next topic. And this topic is of great is of great importance. Okay? This is like probably one of the most important topics we will discuss on this program. So y'all know it's got to be super duper duper important. Okay? Are y'all ready? Everybody ready? I I want to hear it. Everybody's ready. Yes, sir. Okay. Kanye West checked himself out of the hospital today after being placed there for a mandatory psychiatric evaluation by his doctor. Okay. He is now home with his wife, resting with their babies, east and north. So, here's the question. Did Tammy get butt hurt and hang up? <laughs> anyway, here's the question. Do you think that people should pay attention to celebrities like that? And should their lives truly be under a microscope? Mark? I'm reminded by something that was said in my political theory class about church and religion under Marxism. It's just opiate for the masses. What we have in the celebrity class in this country is nothing more than opiate for the masses. We live and die on the exploitation of certain celebrities who have no better understanding of the way the world works than your average lemming. So do I care that Kanye West checked himself in or out or whatever in a mental institution? No. I would just like to bring up the point that he did check himself into UCLA Medical Center, which is named after... Ronald Reagan. And I'm guessing the Gipper cured his stupid ass. Okay. Why are... Okay, whatever. Okay. Lightning round here. Our final round, by the way. So, first question. Huh? Tammy dropped her phone in the purse. Anyway, <laughs> the first question. What do you think should be... Now, forget all the news pundits. Forget everything that we've heard, discussed, talked about, yada, yada, yada. And answer this question based solely on you, Pat, you, Mark, me, Fabe, what is the number one thing Trump should do 
his first minute in the Oval Office. Mark. Resend all of those executive orders signed by Obama, which inhibited, which will inhibit the growth of the economy, be it regulation, be it just an astonishing assumption that socialism was wonderful. Just repeal all of that crap and let the free market do its job and make America great again economically. Okay, I don't disagree with that. That's good. That's good. Pat, and you cannot pick the same thing Mark did. I know. Once again, he took what I was going to say. But I think the first thing he needs to do is to sit down and take a deep breath because he's been running nonstop since election night, and the guy is 70 years old. <laughs> he needs to slow down a little bit. <laughs> Do you, uh, did, and, and I know you guys weren't big Trump fans, uh, but has he surprised you guys in the way he's handled things during the transition? Yes. I think so. Um the one thing that concerns me is he's a totally different person than he was in the debates and campaigning. Now, which one is the real Donald Trump? Well, I think you're gonna. I think you see the real Donald Trump in the white in the White House. I am not surprised by anything that's happened in the transition. You because are. A- in- no, because you are a damn lie. I, I'm calling you out on this one. I, I, no, 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 no. I'm calling you out on this. You are not going to sit there and go, oh, I'm not surprised, because you and I had this discussion. So I don't want to hear Yes, it. we have. But there's a difference between a campaigner and a businessman. And the fact that he is a businessman, that is what he has been training to do his entire life. He is 70 years old. He has made countless deals, has had countless failures. And when it comes down to the brass tacks of it all, he knows how to run a business. So it doesn't surprise me that he is running this team as a business. I would not be surprised if he runs the presidency as a business. Well, first of all, and this is where I'm going to, go go against probably the conventional wisdom and number one you cannot run the federal government like a business you can run the departments like a business most of them but there are some departments you cannot the biggest one the military okay you cannot run the military as a business because the military is going to have cost overruns okay and if you run it like a business you'd eliminate cost overruns well that would eliminate a lot of things and technologies, and it's a mistake. I wish we could get a forensic accounting of every department of the federal government because I think we would find under a forensic accounting that there are a lot of fat that we could trim away. As a matter of fact, and I think we discussed this the other night, I wish that Trump would come in and say, okay, 
for every department that cuts 10% of their budget, anything above 10% will be divided up to your employees as bonuses to make these departments run leaner and faster. So, I mean, just... Well, let, me, let me tell you what just happened to me this week. I won't even tell you the company that it happened to. But I was waiting for a pickup at the airport, and uh, the run before that did not show up. It's the second time this individual has been on the roster and has not shown up. <coughs> Excuse me. My last customer worked for the same company, and he showed up. I was running around looking for him, and he showed up and said, hey, I'm I'm on your run, but I called somebody else to take me back to the hotel, and they're here. <coughs> so that's two 68.50 charges to their company in just one hour that somebody wasted. <coughs> and if they're that lenient, I'm, I'm curious as to how uh, lean they are in their corporation. Am I to assume this is a federal department? No, not a federal, private company. And one of our online participants said that first thing he's going to do is put Churchill's bust back in the oval. I think that's a good idea. That was given to us as a gift by the Queen. Sure was me. And they need to put that baby back in. Okay, Tammy, what we've been discussing since you threw us in your purse um, (laughs) is uh, we're in our lightning round, and the question is what's the first thing Trump should do as soon as he walks in the oval? Mark said rescind all the executive orders. Pat said take a deep breath because he's old and been running like a chicken with his head cut off. And now, <laughs> what do you say? Well, we had had one before, and I said to return the bus. So, um, and I said that facetiously when we did it. I think it was the night after the election. But since then, they have said that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, I, I, um. I'm sure he's going to have a decorator in to redecorate. That'll be done before he ever steps foot in. Remember, that's done in the 90-minute period between uh, the swearing-in and the time it's to be ready for him to come in there. Um, Well, personally, what I think he ought to do first is he ought to take Melania into the study on the side of the oval and... Give her a big old kiss. Yeah, uh-huh. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, I just, I think he ought to, I think he should. Hell, maybe just set her up on the desk and give her a big old kiss right there. But I had a problem with Clinton doing that crap, so I can't very well encourage it with somebody else. So, that is that. Don't uh, last, be a double standard and you wouldn't do that, baby. I said it, I'm not going to say that. So, the second question in the lightning round. Secretary of State, who do you think it's going to be? I don't need a long explanation. Just give me a name. I'm going to go with Pat because she never gets to go first. Okay. I'm going back with my thoughts on Joe Lieberman. Jumping Joe. Mark. Romney. Tammy. Bolden. Or this is all around the place, isn't it? <laughs> well, I might as well just finish it out with the with a 
25% all the way around. I think at the end of the day, Giuliani's going to walk in the spot. Does Giuliani and Trump match up well on foreign policy? I think Romney will be a secretary. I just think he's going to be in a different spot. And I think that's why they were moonlighting yesterday. So, Well, I love Giuliani. But Giuliani has all those contracting companies over in the Middle East and everywhere. And I would think yeah. that that would be a huge conflict of interest. Well, there would be a conflict of interest unless he's divested of them and he's not got any more consulting work. And then does it fall outside of the five-year period? Um, I don't think you ought to be disqualified for that because I'm going to tell you what, he's a pretty decent diplomat. He's a tough-as-nails diplomat, but he's decent. I love him. Um, There is rumor, you know, you look at who all he's interviewing, um, it could be any number of people. And the Secretary of State job was originally supposed to go to Giuliani. So, we'll see. I think we're going to see Mike Huckabee in a position. I just I, I like the way he's putting his cabinet up. I know there's a couple of choices people don't like, but I think I like the way he's doing his cabinet. I really do. I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with it. Um, I think it, it's going to speak well about how the administration is going to run as a whole. Having said all that, guys, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, we will have our normally scheduled program tomorrow night at 9 on the same bat time, same bat channel. If you want to tune in, our programming is normally at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll have our normal cast of characters here. And remember, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Thank their families for without them, (laughs) uh, we, we wouldn't have a totally volunteer army. And one of our guests said they're disappointed that Trump didn't appoint Ted Nugent for Secretary of Defense. I say we just make <laughs> Ted Nugent Secretary of State. That'd be some. The Chinese would be like, listen, we're going to forgive all your debt. You just keep that son of a bitch away from me. <laughs> on, on behalf of Heavy F, which is me, the political Superman, and my roundtable, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow night at 9. Have a good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.